Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, we are speaking with Will Zell, CEO and founding partner of Nikola Labs, a wireless power company with a far-field technology that converts radio frequency energy into direct current power. Their focus is on powering consumer electronics with mobile-ready technology. One of their products that may interest manufacturers is a transponder and predictive sensor system that provides predictive maintenance on machines by monitoring temperature and vibration. Will has been at Nikola Labs since 2014. He has founded three technology companies and has had a successful real estate and venture development career, including serving on Eco Venture Partners Advisory Board and as Managing Director of Endeavor Ford, a startup accelerator. He draws from a broad range of experience in communications, leadership, branding, and innovation. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, Fantastic to be here. Even though Nikola Labs has been in existence a little over four years, its lifespan has been quite eventful. Would you provide our listeners with a highlight reel of the company's history? Yeah, so first, uh, Nikola Labs is a spin-out from The Ohio State University. Uh, The core technology, which uh, focuses on converting radio frequency into usable power, was developed at the Electroscience Lab at Ohio State. Uh, Interestingly, Ohio State actually has one of the strongest academic labs in the development of radio frequency technology, not only in the country, but arguably in the world. Um, We keep a close eye on on breakthrough R&D across the world, and we have some of the best technical talent in engineering development here uh, at Ohio State, and it's a legacy that has lasted for decades. So when you're looking at building great technology companies, you obviously want to have a core of tech, technical talent in order to, to build and scale a company. So we believe that Columbus, Ohio is actually probably one of the best cities in the world to build and scale a wireless power company. Um, so a lot of the um, emergence of our particular type of technology is on the coattails of the rise of the Internet of Things. Um, and if you think about IoT, if, if your listeners are familiar with it, it's basically the next revolution in how we'll interact with uh, technology and with uh, connected devices uh, that are connected to the internet. And it will impact literally every aspect of our lives from our clothing to our homes, our cities, manufacturing facilities, industry, really really across the board. Um, so the internet of things is very, very revolutionary. And it's based on the idea of being able to capture data from uh, any given environment and significant data that can create value for the end user. Um, The reality is, though, in order to capture the data, you have to have sensors in place. And when you're looking at deploying sensors at scale, again, whether it's the home or the the manufacturing facility, you need to be able to deploy these sensors wirelessly. It's the only way that it can get done. But the big problem with wireless sensors is that they're battery-powered and batteries die. So the thesis behind Nikola Labs that we saw when we launched the company and learned significantly more over the last few years is that wireless power is really a critical part of the Internet of Things reaching its full potential. And wireless power is indeed transformational technology uh, today and, and for decades into the future. So we're super excited um, about the, the market opportunity that's in front of us. It's not an easy technology by any means. And we're literally at the forefront of the emergence of the market, the wireless power market. Um, so there's been plenty of challenges on this startup journey, uh, but we're we're very excited and, and grateful for where, where we are today. Please correct me with, if I'm wrong, but did you start with smartphones, the battery power for smartphones? Yeah, so um, our CTO and co-founder is uh, Dr. Chi-Chi Chen, um, at, and he's a research professor at Ohio State. When, um, when we launched the company, uh, Dr. Chen had developed a system 
um, that basically was a self-harvester for smartphones. So the idea is that when phones communicate, there's actually a lot of wasted radio frequency energy. And he had developed a way to capture that RF that was transmitted by the phone itself, convert it into usable power, and then basically feed it back into the phone's battery. It was really cool technology, um, really cool application of the core wireless power tech. Um, and it's the application that we decided to, to launch the company with. With that said, taking it from um, a lab and getting some decent um, results in early user cases to actually a commercialized product was very, very difficult, um, just in the complexity of antenna design. And really, it, it just fell um, when it came to the consumer value. You could go and buy a battery case and get two extra charges and you know spend maybe $40, $50, $60 on that. For our case, you need to spend eighty or ninety dollars, and maybe depending on how you used your phone, you could get you know ten percent, fifteen percent extra battery life. So it's actually very, very hard to market it, um, but nonetheless, it was a, a great, cool application for the the technology, um, and it provided us basically the the runway and the time that we needed to um, go after and explore other applications. So we pivoted away from the uh, smartphone case in late two thousand fifteen. And the progression to predictive maintenance, and, you know, using sensors, it seems to be a logical one. It, um, sort of. It was actually <laughs> <laughs> so. It, it's funny. One of the um, uh, one of the things I shake my head at today um, at Nikola Labs is um, from the end of 2015, we we basically then decided to to look at the Internet of Things, you know, and, and opportunities there, and we've spent. Two, two and a half, three years, literally going across the world looking for great applications from Japan to China to Europe to the West Coast, East Coast, and everywhere in between, all around really looking at, at different industries within the Internet of Things because it, it is very broad from consumer devices to asset tracking to medical devices to industrial manufacturing. And we we're on the road hundreds of thousands of miles over those years. And it turns out that our first paying customer was a seven minute drive away from our office in Westerville, Ohio. So, and that's because of it, it took that time and those cycles to really narrow in on predictive maintenance as what we believe is the killer application for our technology today. So what are the applications that you're pursuing now? Yeah. So we're actually, today we are actually pretty much 100% focus on uh, building the engine of predictive maintenance. Um, we believe that there is near-term opportunity for wireless power technology in smart buildings, uh, primarily commercial buildings, um, as well as in the world of asset tracking. Um, but with that said, we think those are going to be opportunities for us more two years down the road, three years down the road. One of the, the things I'm most proud of as, as um, uh, one of the leaders of this company is um, there are several other wireless power companies that are out there that have launched, you know, launched two or three years before us and have raised significantly more capital than us. And we are the first to actually deliver meaningful wireless power to the market in predictive maintenance. A lot of our strategy was, was not to go after the um, applications that had the most appeal, such as, let's say, charging smartphones over a distance, but really understand the where our technology can be leveraged to create significant value for the end user, for the end customer. And again, we're on the coattails of, of IoT. And the same is true for IoT use cases. The most valuable ones are the ones that can create the most valuable, the most value for the end user. 
And when do you look at the potential of predictive maintenance and, and daily condition-based monitoring for manufacturing facilities, if a manufacturer can get insight into potential failure of equipment, whether it's a, mer- a bearing going bad, motor having issues, if you can get insight into the fact that this component may be heading towards failure before it does, and you can maintain it in a planned way versus an unplanned event where you know you have to stop production and, and um, you begin to lose money very quickly, like that is incredible value. You're talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in value creation for manufacturing facilities if they reduce unplanned downtime by you know one percent, two percent, three percent, right? So the value of that predictive data is important, um, and wireless power just happens to create the best experience when it comes to the installation and the maintenance of predictive sensors in manufacturing facilities when you're going to retrofit them. Um, so there, there are a lot of factors actually. It was a a pretty intentional process that we went through to narrow down on on key applications. Um, but it is a bit serendipitous that um, the best is in predictive maintenance, and um, we're based in Columbus, Ohio, which is in the heart of manufacturing in the U.S. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so the um, so the application tour does sensing the temperature and the vibration. How does that work? Yeah. So one of the other things that um, let's say the world when we really focused on the world of predictive maintenance, um, it, it caused an evolution at the company. And what I mean by that is we uh, evolved from a, let's say, traditionally a wireless power company where we focus on the wireless power technology, so the modules and antenna designs, the components that would go inside of products to enable wireless power. With predictive maintenance, we actually decided to build the full system. So now we we build out the vibration and temperature sensing. It, it happens in one sensor package, and we've built out the transponder full product, and we've actually provide a uh, software application, a cloud-based application for our customers to view the data, to set thresholds, and to do analysis. Um, and so with that said, the the sensors are relatively simple. The The way that the system works is if you have a piece of equipment um, and you're, you're around the motor, you've got you know, the motor housing, you've got bearings, probably a pump, some gearboxes, maybe six or seven places that you would um, want to gather data from. And sometimes it, it, a good way to think about it is condi- um, companies that do route-based vibration analysis, route-based data capture, all of those different monitoring points that you would want to get vibration data once a month, once a quarter, once every six months. Think about putting a sensor on there, fixing a sensor there, and then installing a transponder. And a good way to think about the transponder, it's like a, similar to a Wi-Fi router. So you've got the, the transponder that is communicating with the sensors, which are affixed to the component, and they are periodically uh, monitoring the vibration and temperature of the component. They transmit that data to the transponder, which in turn sends it up to the cloud to the application. But that transponder is also wirelessly powering the sensors. It's really where it, you have the sweet spot is the transponder is delivering radio frequency energy to the sensors and those sensors have our technology that convert that radio frequency energy into usable power. So the, the, what we, the, the big benefit that we see, and, and one of the problems that with, let's say, Industry 4.0 and some of these emerging concepts is um, the concern of m- maintenance teams specifically of replacing one maintenance task with another, right? There needs to be a net positive. If you take away even the value of, let's say, predictive maintenance and the, the idea of 
uh, reducing unplanned downtime. When you just simply look at PMs, when you look at what maintenance teams do day in and day out, it is a difficult proposition if I'm coming to you saying I'm going to create value in this application um, and I'm going to reduce time here, but the reality is I'm going to increase time in, in another way. And what I mean by that is if you take just battery-powered sensors, wireless sensors, the they provide the benefit of giving you more data, right, than you could traditionally got with vibration and temperature data. Right. But the challenge is if you have a thousand or a couple thousand sensors, wireless sensors in a manufacturing facility, you now have maintenance around replacing a couple thousand batteries. And if you're doing that, you know, batteries on average typically last, you know, nine months to 12 months. Maybe some bigger ones can get you a little bit more time. But you're talking about someone on your maintenance team literally walking around and, and replacing two, three, four batteries per day. Right. You almost need predictive maintenance for your predictive maintenance systems. Exactly. Right. So, but you, if you're going to deploy these sensors facility-wide, you really want to be able to do it wirelessly. And in many of these these machines, you can't hardwire sensors or you don't want to hardwire sensors. It's it's retrofitting. It's just not ideal. So this is where, this is what, like the type of application where wireless power becomes very meaningful because I can give you the freedom and flexibility and ease of deploying wireless sensors, but I'm also powering them, meaning that once you install these sensors, mathematically, they'll last for decades. So where do you see the future? I mean, when you look at uh, your market research and, and what you've uh, been able to determine from um, you know, site visits around the world, what, what are you seeing in terms of the trends? Yeah, so w- what we like to look at is you know, once we've identified a vertical that we believe wireless power can make a near-term impact, um, then, then it becomes really about the value creation of wireless power in that particular vertical. And, and what I like about um, predictive maintenance, and, and I, I don't have a manufacturing you know, training, um, so I'm, I'm kind of new to this world. I understand manufacturing, but I haven't spent you know, the last 10, 15 years in the world of manufacturing. But doing my best and our team doing our best to really enter into the world of maintenance teams and maintenance managers and facilities, you, you see a couple of things. Number one, it is um, almost by default a reactive reality. Right, that the, you know, the number one thing that you have to do is you have to keep up time. You have to keep your machines going, and often you are, um, you know, going from the next fix from one fix to the next fix, and and it's reactive. You're always responding to to the next fire, and and I get it, I understand that. So if if through automating vibration capture, data capture, and other types of data capture, we can shift the needle just a little bit from reactivity to proactivity. Think from time-based maintenance to condition-based maintenance, predictive modeling added, added in there. If we can take the, the reality of maintenance teams and, and almost lift some of the um, tasks that simply take time without great outcomes. So, for instance, walking around with a probe sensor to capture the vibration data or walking around and, and checking an oil level on a dipstick, right? where you've got man hours that are associated with walking around to do a function that that in and of itself isn't a great outcome. The data could be great, but the, the time spent isn't necessarily the best investment. If we can automate that, capture back those man hours, take that data and translate it into usable information for, for the maintenance manager and their teams, then I think you can begin to shift the needle even just a little bit from reactivity to proactivity. 
And, and that's what you like the maintenance teams and they're the best asset, <laughs> like, some of the best assets in a manufacturing facility, like these are highly technical, highly skilled. Like I, my mind's blown when I, uh, you know, uh, we were fortunate enough to work with Worthington Industries and, and really building relationships there is like what, what these teams do on a day in out, day out perspective, there's no way in the world I could do it. Right. And so, um, what, what we feel the greatest value creation can be and what I'm excited in the future is if we can leverage technology, leverage our system to help our customers be able to focus their time, energy, and effort on things that are actually more proactive and beneficial in the long term for their companies. So what partnerships are you using to leverage that technology? I mean, you started out at, uh, at Ohio State with the Electroscience Lab. You're now at the point at Otterbein. Um, what, what builds that that um, critical mass, so to speak, to get you to the uh, to that technology? Yeah, the first and foremost, I, I think you've, you've got to have the technical talent on the team, right? And and we've got to be able to um, create a compelling culture and vision for people to connect to. And we've been fortunate enough to um, attract some very talented engineers. Um, if you look, and, and again, it's it's when I think of it, about it from, let's say, a startup tech, technology community, we've got such a great core of engineering talent in Central Ohio. It, it's incredible between Battelle and Ohio State and a lot of other companies that are out there. There is some deep technical talent, and and applying and and connecting this technical talent to creating new companies and creating new innovation is is something that we're trying to do at Nikola Labs, and I think hopefully will spread in the community. So number one, we, we've got to have the, the right people on the team. And that's also evolving. I mean, again, we've evolved from needing just um, wireless power RF engineers to electrical engineers, mechanical engineers. Now we're getting into network security, software, um, firmware. Uh, it, it's it, the engineering organization of Nikola Labs is, is rapidly evolving. Um, and then, you know, you, you've got to be able to, to tap into um, advisors, if you will, and other aspects in the community that can can create value. For us, the very much the second one is is our customers. Um, it, it, it's cool to see uh, very large manufacturing companies um, that are that have teams in reliability and engineering and, and maintenance that are super excited about the innovation that's that is happening in, in manufacturing. It's still very much in the early days. Um, and they're willing to take a risk on working with a a company like Nickel Labs because we're so number one we're a startup we're launching first generation product. The one thing that's guaranteed there is it's not going to work like you hope <laughs> it right. works, right? Right. So to have the the patience as we're refining and, and quickly iterating through through cycles, um, we've got some just amazing people that um, on the customer side of things that that are thought leaders in their own respect and and are um, that we're able to collaborate with closely to make sure that because you never want to create technology that doesn't create value. Right, and we're very much focused on creating value for, for our customers. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into this business. Um, what what is your current role within the company? Yeah, so I'm the the CEO of the company. I'm one of the co-founders. Uh, the company was established in um, October 2014 officially, but uh, we began working on Nikola Labs, you know, several months before that, throughout the the summer of 2014, um, and just through kind of random. Chance uh, was were, was introduced to, to Dr. Chen, um, and so kind of since uh, I think I've been full time as CEO since uh, March of 2015, and really over that time it's just been it's been building the the company. Um, so we our offices for the first 
year and a half or so, almost two years, uh, we're inside the electroscience lab. Um, important to note that one of our founding partners is uh, a group called Ecove Capital. And uh, Ecove has a startup nursery. It's a, it's a venture development program focused um, specifically on commercializing technologies out of research institutions like Ohio State. Uh, Nikola Labs was the first company that they helped to launch. Um, and since then, uh, I think they've launched nine or 10 more technology companies uh, from regional uh, institutions. So it's a great asset here in the, commun- in the community because there's so much value creation and technology within institutions like Ohio State. But the problem is often how do you commercialize it? And so um, since then, we, you know, we've been really just focused on, on building the company, building the team. Um, we've been fortunate to bring some great um, talent, especially in the last year where we're up to about 25 people on our team now. Um, so um, we moved into our offices at, at Otterbein at the, the Point facility there um, in October of 2016. And I think we had like two or three people, maybe four people on the team. Yes. Um, and, and so to be able to grow there and now be at, at 25 is, has been a real joy. What have you learned along the way? <laughs> uh, everything and nothing at the same time because you find yourself learning new things every day. So um, probably the most interesting thing, and, and, I, and again, it's, and I think you, you understand this, is in, in technology trends, you, you deal with a lot of hype, right? So the Internet of Things, Industry 4.0, artificial intelligence, wireless power, you, you – you, you, we believe in and get excited about these very big ideas that are indeed transformational. But the thing that, that I've, I've learned and that I think needs to be shared more and more is that as quickly as we can condense these big ideas into real use cases, right, into real points where value can be created um, is important. And then secondly, you have to have the patience to allow that process to take place. So IoT was a big talk, um, and you know, two three years later, it's like okay, died down a little bit in terms of the hype cycle. Still very much talked about, but not near the you know the hype of 2012, 2013, 2014. But the reality is, what's happening on more of the micro level is you're seeing great value begin to emerge. Industry 4.0 very similarly talked a lot in, in hype. But you're now really beginning to see great value cases emerge, and you have to have the patience and allow for the time to move from hype to the very micro-based um, value creation that will, in turn, once it scales, bring you back full circle to massive change. Right, from talking to practice. Exactly. But then from practice to scale. like That's, mm-hmm. that's the interesting thing about it is you go from talk down to practice, but but – on the best use cases, you'll you'll go from you know early implementation to hopefully scale, and that's where you see massive transformation. Right, hopefully some standardization. Yeah, yeah, that's a we could spend an hour talking yes, about we that. Could. <laughs> yes, we could. Uh, what advice would you give to others who are interested in um, you know this approach? Uh, you know, I, I think the entrepreneurial. Um, approach. I mean, a lot of manufacturers are entrepreneurial, or you know, the other term is intrapreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how do you, you know, pursue startups and hardware manufacturing companies that support manufacturers? Yeah. So it, it, it's a great question. Um, so number one, I, I think the if you let's say want to venture out and create your own company, right? And I think there are plenty of opportunities to to do that. And I think Columbus, Ohio, is a great place, a great community to 
um, explore your entrepreneurial um, desires. With that said, as quick as you can identify a good use case, and again, I hate to go back to that, and go and really begin to have uh, conversations with potential customers, that is the best thing that you can do. We, we had the challenge because at Nikola Labs because wireless power was so broad that the great applications such as predictive maintenance were actually very non-obvious. Um, you, you had to work through cycles to get there. But once we, we had a couple of people who started to talk to us about predictive maintenance, we were very quick to go out and talk to maintenance managers and talk to customers. And, and that's where, again, I mentioned this, you have to enter into the life of your customer, right? Like understand the nuances, the details of what they go through, because if you can do that, then you can understand the value that you can create. And revenue, sales, growth, being successful in business always follows value creation. Um, and so I would focus if, if, you know, if you're serving manufacturers, again, we're in Columbus, Ohio, they're all around and you'll, you'll typically find enough that are innovative enough to, to work with you. Um, and, and as quick as you can get out and figure out how you can serve customers and listen to their feedback, which is often um, causes friction with what you want to hear. Um, as long as, as much as you can get out there and, and have those customer conversations, the quicker you'll find a path to success or the need to pivot. Last question. What's next for Nikola Labs? So we are selling, which is great. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Our, our theme for 2019 is um, uh, predictability. Um, so I, at the end of each year, I like to, to kind of think back and say, okay, what was the theme of this year? The theme of 2018 was was evolution. We we when we started on January 1st of 2018 to where we ended in December of 18, we were a very different company. But what's great about that is we've really landed on a great application. We've got product that we're we're delivering to the market. We're in the process of creating that value that I'm talking about for um, for our customers. So now we begin to move into how do we actually build an organization of scale. And, and that becomes about predictability. That becomes about having great financial models, having great metrics that you're measuring, um, having a great sales strategy and, and implementing that, that sales strategy. So for us, and uh, many people would probably consider that boring. I'm an entrepreneur, though, so those are the things that, that I love. Um, so, you know, being at this stage is, is I'm, I'm happy that we've survived to this point. Very grateful. Um, and, and now we've got to continue to grow and uh, continue to be solely focused on creating our value for our customers. So you'll see us very much focused on predictive maintenance for the next couple of years. Thank you, Bill, for coming on the show. Best of luck to your company. Thanks, Catherine. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here.